is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panther Nation Network. Um, I'm just, I'm going to let y'all go. I need to collect my thoughts. Um, well, disappointed to say the least, but I don't really know what to make of this team right now. You know, I mean, we, I think I, I think we have to come to the realization that we, we just maybe just be a bad football team. Like nothing can come save it. No mid-season pickups are gonna come, are gonna change what's going on. I think may I, I think we're at the point where I don't see this team going any further on the matter rule. I, I you know we always we've obviously always had our gripes with with him, but I just don't see the direction. I don't see the improvements. I see a lot of the constant issues. And if I'm being honest, if we go back to last year and where he was at, where this team was at, even though they didn't they didn't win a lot of games. I would probably say he's he's I, I, he's regressed more this year than what we seen last year. I think last year we saw a lot of positives that would have led us to believe that this year would have been a different type of scenario. But right now, I see nothing of the sort that's that's happened that makes me believe this staff and this group can, can get it done. At least get us into the playoffs. It's been a wild ride, and uh, I think you know before today I was saying it was a must-win game. And it really was. We had to get our first game, um, first win with Cam as a starter under our belt. Didn't do that. And it just, it looked, everything went downhill um, as the game went along. Uh, we saw a lot of our, uh, a lot of our flaws and errors and weaknesses on the team get absolutely, um, you know, like obliterated and put, really put on the show for everybody to see that we are not, not I feel like we, we're going back and forth every week on, are we a wild card team or are we a top 10 pick? And I think we're a lot closer to that top 10 pick um, bottom half of the, the league team than, uh, than uh, we are to making a playoff spot. So just a mess today, hard to watch. And, um, you know, we're kind of like directionless right now. All right. So, yeah, I, I got to agree with everything y'all said. And, you know, the gist is, is I'm watching it and thinking about it. Um, and, and Shantish, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, this coaching staff has regressed. They just there's there's I, I, I don't even know where to begin as I was watching it and stuff. When you're bad in all three aspects, I mean they were they were bad in all three aspects of the game. Um and you've got professional athletes. I I, I still am gonna go back to coaching. Um, you know, I they're just I, I I mean, granted everybody was bad today. Um, and we can talk about the play in a minute, but overall my first thought process, I mean my first thoughts were we're getting the same thing week after week now. There's no improvement. There, there, there's nothing. There, there's no kind of bright light at the end of the tunnel. They thought Cam was that. Um, and I'm not putting this all on Cam today. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about him and his performance and stuff. But, yeah, just a, a must-win game to go out to Miami and make Miami look like a world beater. So I just I think it's a huge disappointment. And, I mean, what I've seen on Twitter and what I've heard so far, like uh, with some, you know, press conferences and stuff and watching Hassan Reddick on the sidelines, um, uh, it's not good. That's, I mean, I, I'm under the guys, fire everyone, fire everyone today. I, I mean, watching that, I cannot fathom that the guys that with the, with the talent that we have, I mean, yeah, DJ, I don't know what that first drive was. I don't know what the hell happened there. Dante has seemed to get worse in coverage week in and week out. I don't know what is going on with him. <clears throat> Same with, I mean, Jeremy Chin. Like, I, there's nothing there. The edge rush, Burns looks more and more frustrated every week. You can see it on the sidelines. You're going to get, like, it's going to come down to a point where it's going to be a split between your players and your coaches. 
one of them is going to go. It's something's going to have to give. And you've got these guys like Redick, who's been the MVP of your season so far. If he is not believing in this coaching staff, why in the hell would he waste his talent here? Same with while Dante has fallen a little bit and where he was at the beginning of the, at the middle of the season. Why would he stay here if he knows there's nowhere to go from uh, that? No, there's nowhere to go. It just, I, I don't like, I'm, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to be objective about it with Cam. Like those two picks, not great. The second one was blatant. Second was one was blatant. The second one was blatant pass interference. I'm sorry about that. That was, bl- I mean, he never should have thrown that ball to, in the first place. And the offensive line is atrocious and that's definitely not helpful to him. We've seen Cam still has, his arm is, his arm is, 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 is bad. It's bipolar in itself. It can throw. I mean, that sixty-two yarder. If if and if that's full strength, Cam, that ball is going five yards in front of, of DJ, and that's a touchdown on that pass play. And he still got it. He ended up the drive with it. But some of those balls, I mean, were not great. And I'm afraid he's going to get hurt worse than most out of this. And I'm afraid for that is that you know this could kill his career. Um, that's not my biggest fear. Obviously, the organization as a whole is my bigger fear, but he's going to get more of the blame than he deserves in this because that O-line, I mean, someone tell me how many passes were blocked at the line of scrimmage. That cannot be a cam arm thing. That's got to be an offensive line issue. I mean, we have, I mean, our offensive line is trash. Dennis Daly at one point, one of those cam sacks was literally not, he didn't even touch him. He didn't even touch him. And, and it's becoming an issue to where like, they're just they're blatant problems that are not getting they're we're never going to improve until those problems are, are looked on and that's coaching in my mind um you know for me I, i'm sitting there you know and jack mentioned cam newton i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be bad on cam and mean on cam but to be you know five of whatever he was five of 20 or whatever and two interceptions yeah. which were horrible throws i don't know about the pass interference on the second one or whatever but the, the just is to sit there and um I just read an article in the uh, Observer, which, of course, they don't like Cam anyway. Um, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. Obviously, he's struggling. He doesn't know the playbook. All the, it's not completely open, at least I don't think so. And, Tyler, you can hit more on this or whatever, you know, playing and stuff. I don't know if he knows the whole playbook. But, you know, when something is going awry like that, um, and he doesn't know the whole playbook, the best formula so far was the Arizona game, where you let P.J. handle 20-20, to 20, and let Cam go from there, if that makes sense. Um, if you have questions about his arm, if you have questions about his accuracy, if you have questions about this or that, are we – I mean, I don't think he's the answer, but is PJ and, – and I know, Shanti, you might go against me here a little bit too or whatever. I don't know that Cam's the best quarterback on the roster. I, I just – I don't know. And But what's the, what about this idea of Arizona was your best performance with Cam so far, and that was game one. What about this two? I mean, is it wrong to do something like that? Oh uh, yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing that's on my mind after this game, and you touched on it, is where do we go from here at quarterback? Not just next week, not just the rest of the season, but next year, like, we have you know no clear options in sight, and it's tough because you know we we all agree with the Cam move um, originally to sign. Um, and, you know, against Arizona, we really got that spark and things things were great. We saw Cam used in these red zone packages, which, I mean, he's still great at that. And we knew we weren't getting prime Cam. We knew, uh, we, knew we were going to be, you know, like really scraping the bottom of the barrel here for the last part of his career. But, you know, he was better than a lot of the options out there. And he was worth picking up because, um, you know, 
he's more talented than PJ Walker. And um, like PJ's shown us what he can do, and he's shown us that he's not going to, you know, have the ceiling that a lot of other quarterbacks would. Uh, so that gives us this, a, a tough spot because there is no denying that PJ is going to know the playbook better than than Cam right now, especially because you know he's been in the system for uh, two years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. Cam, you know, of course, doesn't know doesn't not know the playbook he might not just be up to date with it as pj is that i mean it's an nfl playbook it's a lot um you know cam cam's got a lot on his plate coming in trying to reestablish himself um as a leader of this team and as the you know the carolina panthers quarterback on top of you know meeting the coaches learning the playbook he i mean he's he's real busy right now with a lot of different things um in his in his football career so uh you know learning that playbook is is the most important thing for him but it's 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 tough to do in even just a couple weeks so he he obviously knows enough to be playing right now but uh, there's no way he knows more than pj um so identifying that gap between knowledge of the playbook and talent between cam and pj um is obviously really important in determining whether uh, cam should be playing or not but you know, going forward, I say, you know, I think we got to stick it out with Cam, uh, see what he can do. Hopefully, week by week, he can get progressively better, and um, you know, not ask too much out of him. I think will be the key. Uh, you know, understanding that he might not be here after this year, he might be. Who knows? Who who really knows what's going to happen with us at quarterback next year? But you know, just going week by week with Cam and. Um, you know, trying to get the most out of him as, like I said, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here at, late in his career. To, to step in on the Cam conversation, I mean, I think we do got to realize that out of, out of the three weeks he's been here, this is this one bad game. I mean, this last week, 21-27, 189, three touchdowns. I, I think you got to pump the brakes on on where you're at on, on where we're at as far as as far as with cam because i mean for many of us i know i don't think last week we we would have we would have said that he was the issue and in, in, in why and in why you lost last week's game i mean now this, now this week was was horrible no there's no there's no denying it um but again a lot of the issues are I mean, you talk about the bad passes that comes from really just not not having a full knowledge of the playbook to the point where they the defenses know everything's gonna have to be un- underneath and shallow for Cam right now until we can f- until he's fully into this offense to the point where a- anything everything down the field that he wants to throw that takes timing and, and t- takes a rhythm with the receivers can can be built up. But I mean, oh, again, coming into this situation, we were asking the guy to come in with eight games left in a year, pick up an offense and kick and be able to. Know it well enough to carry you into the playoffs, which, which for anybody at this point in time in the season is really, un, really unrealistic. And I mean, I said it back into, uh, you know, back before the Washington game. I said I wanted Cam and PJ to still split reps because I mean they, they, that was the best way to bring him along. It's the best way, like you said earlier, Jeff, let PJ handle handle in between the twenties and in the red zone. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You throw Cam in. Cam's the best red zone option. That Cam's one of the best red zone options you have in the league. So to, to so to allow him to be able to dominate that space, to me probably would have been the better option to go with. But they went for it with Cam, and then the performance he had against Washington kind of made it hard to throw in there because when you had a guy that was in the rhythm as, as he was last week, kind of hard to say, hey, hey, let's take you out, let's try to get PJ PJ get it going. Whereas this game, you know, it was it was pretty bad pretty early. But you know, like 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 uh, Tyler said, you know. It, yeah, I just at this point you got you have to ride it out. You've already started it now, and, you, and it's hard to, to try to go back. And as far as next year, um, 
I, I think there's, there's a lot more questions going into next year than this quarterback. There's a lot, a lot of people who, there's a lot of people whose jobs are, who may not be as as one may have thought. And with Lincoln Riley going to you, going to Southern Cal, that Oklahoma job opening back up, I have no, they, there is no doubt in my mind that, that Matt Rule wouldn't think about going back to the Big 12. At least we'll go back into college football for a job like that. That would be a job that I think would be worthy of leaving the NFL gear for. I mean, Oklahoma, LSU, Virginia Tech, there are there are <laughs> places that – I mean, there are options. And I just think it just shows the – still, again, these guys are not ready to go. Hmm? Very good. Um, these guys are just—they're not ready to coach in the NFL because that you talk about the foresight of PJ and Cam. Yes, you don't want to pull Cam really when it's, when the streak is hot, but we saw today, like you were talking about those underthrown passes. The plays were getting stale. Cam's knowledge of the playbook only goes so far, and when it only goes so far, the defenses only have to prepare for a percentage of the plays, and it's just—it it, it bottlenecks you, and especially when your line is already bottlenecking you by not being able to give. I mean, McCaffrey can't get past the second line if he can't get past the first line of defense he's never been a break and tackles kind of guy he's been a hit find the hole hit the hole and now there's no hole to find there's no hole to hit he's he's getting i mean we saw him get stuffed at the line what 25 times tonight at least like and that's not good for him they stopped rotating him too i don't tyler and i talked about it and jeff and i talked about it there's no reason why they should have stopped rotating chuba and amir and the way we've been doing it, I, I don't – and because you saw McCaffrey rolled his ankle again. It's to the point where I'm like, y'all, just baby him for the rest of the season because either that or you're not going to get a good – you know, you're not going to get anything good for him now. So if you want to keep that talent around, you have to be able to cultivate it to where it's not – you're not throwing it at a brick wall every freaking play. It's just – it's not, unfortunately, what this – this organization does not need an experienced coaching right now. It's the last thing we needed. Unfortunately, we found we found out the identity that we need to flip this team, organ like you know talent wise and age wise, and did so at the same time as flipping the quarterback, age wise and and I- idealistically, and those two things hand in hand are not going to go well only unless it's a exactly perfect scenario that you're just not going to find. It's and unfortunately the Cardinals game was kind of like the Saints game, you know week two the Cardinals game. Yeah, I'll be the first to say it. We blew that shit out of proportion. We were playing a Cardinals without Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, Cam was ama- Cam did great in that game in these situations that he was put into. And for Washington in that storyline, yes, he needed to be there to go. Today, though, I, I, I don't want to say it's out coaching. I don't want to say it's, you know, I, we just we were bad. We were just, we were bad. Like, we had, you know, ability for one play – the, the 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 blocked punt killed us. It killed any sort of stamina. If Frankie Louvu could stay on his feet, the outcome of the game might have been different had we had a touchdown there at the very last closing seconds and maybe able to go for two for one. But you know, there's nothing you can really say to that. I just it was it was tough to watch. It was it was tough to watch. Yeah, man. And I'm, we're starting to look at look at defense now. That's steadily, steadily decline. And again, like, like you said earlier, Jack, I mean, I don't think anybody on this staff can realistically have job security right now. And just I, they, they, there's, there's no way around that. I mean, I've watched the defensive line get, get bullied now for two weeks in a row where teams have just been able to, to run the ball at their leisure. 
And for a group that, you know, we put a, we put a lot of stock into. We put a lot of Jack Capital into. It was, you know, Brian Burns, the Tour Gross Matos, Derek Brown. I'm not saying not saying those guys not, not saying none of those guys have performed, but I just I've not seen the level of performance that I would have expected. I had you know signing a guy like Daquan Jones, I thought we took care of the defensive front to allow us to not get gashed the way we've been, we've been getting gashed. I I, I don't know. I, it's it's a lot it's a lot of questions, a lot more questions than the answers right now for this team. But I mean, the only thing I could really realistically say that we can do is just look forward to the next weekend. I mean, luckily it's a bye week. Because you're spiraling out of control right now. So luckily the bye week is coming. Hopefully you can get something going, get some type of momentum going team wise out of, out of outside of the bye week and get Cam up to speed a little bit more and let's just see what happens. Yeah, and I think it comes down to like you said, the bye week getting back to playing Carolina Panthers football and becoming, you know, getting down to the basics. You know, tackling, getting off blocks was not there today. I mean, to start off, the physical aspect of the game for us was just not there. We were getting, you know, physically beat off the ball. Um, you know, we weren't weren't bringing, you know, all of our effort either. And so I think establishing some of the, the basics, um, especially, you know, as the bye approaches, you know, getting back to the basics um, and like making sure, like Matt Rule, he didn't, uh, you know, bring Baylor and Temple, uh, make them a great program without toughness and, you know, getting those guys to be more physical than the other team. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's really our only hope here. We're not – it's too late to make any big roster moves, change the players. The players that we have now have to perform, and it's really up to the coaches to develop them and you know, get the most out of them because, I mean, at, especially at this point in the year, the guys that we got are – or the guys like they're going to be playing how they're going to be playing. So you just got to, you know, make sure as a, as a staff that they're playing as hard as they can week in, week out, even though we are, you know, on, on, on pace to have a losing record. So um, I think just reestablishing tough toughness at the buy is going to be important. And then, you know, really, you know, we kind of saw it going into this game, but challenging the starters at every position. Um, now, do I agree with, uh, you know, Terrace Marshall being a healthy scratch, uh, not not really, but I'm not in there every single day. I don't know what happens, but for the long term, it'd be nice to have him out on the field. We saw Bravion Roy. Um, he started today over Derek Brown, which was, uh, you know, surprising to see. Um, you know, Derek Brown did a good time, of course, but um, it's more stuff like that, challenging different starters. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to rule. to get, like, like we've talked about, our roster, the talent on our roster is there. We just need to get the most out of these guys, and that comes from the coaching. And it's not all not all on the coaching. A big part of this is, um, you know, getting your guys to play well. So that's going to be what I'm, you know, seeing if these guys can keep performing um, at a top level like they were early on in the year. Let me throw my uh, two cents in on the the coaching situation because you guys know how I felt after last week. You know, it, you know. Uh, Tyler, you said, you know, we need to get back to playing Carolina Panther football. I don't even know what that is right now. I mean, I don't even know. I know what you mean, though. I think when you talk about the beginning of the year, the defense set the tone. The defense played ball. That's not happening right now. But I think it's a byproduct of they're just, A, worn out. B, they see the offense not performing at all. You know, if you were going to make a change, and if Matt – and listen, this to me all falls on the shoulders of Matt Rule when you have the roster that you have. Matt Rule – Listen, you let him go tomorrow or whatever. I'm sure he'll have a college, he'd have a college job by the end of the weekend. You got the bye week. I'm not too sure, and I hate to say it, I'm not too sure that Joe Brady doesn't need to go. Um, 
and and let Phil Snow take over and 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 have that defensive, you know, that that tough. I, I don't know. And, and like, you, and what bothers me even more is, you guys know I've always kind of been back and forth with Cam or whatever. And and Shanti, I agree. He did play a good, great ball game last week. He he played a solid ball game last week. You know, but there are people on Twitter right now that are like, you know, PJ should start. PJ should start. PJ should start. I mean, I mean what? You hold on, hold on. But you know what the media is like here. My other thing is, and I'm just putting this out here. I have zero faith right now in CMC. And I know he's getting killed with the, the that offensive line he has, which is a Scott Fitterer deal and management deal. You you put all your eggs in the basket of defense. You did nothing for the offensive line. You went and got a couple guys. I get it, but they, they're horrible. But what I'm telling you is I have no faith in the coaching staff. I'm not sure I have a lot of faith in the offense or whatever, but I, I – I, seems I don't understand what – like – you keep – every week you're not finishing game. Well, I don't even know when was the last time CMC finished the game um, healthy. And he walked out today. They got a picture of him walking out of the stadium with a boot on. Um, I mean, look, this is not anything that surprises me. And this is the thing that I'm talking – like, this is not – we like, I, I, we – there was a lot of people that, you know – I mean, obviously I was excited for Cam returning first, and, you know, McCaffrey, McCaffrey coming back. I was more excited for Cam returning than McCaffrey coming back, honest to God, because – I, and it's not – we did not think this was going to be 2015 Cam Newton. That was not the case. This is not 2015 Cam Newton. This is not 2017 Christian McCaffrey. What it is is one of the worst offensive lines in both talent, organization, and chemistry that we have ever seen. Ever. And it's not even on their fault. I don't I don't discredit Pat Elfline for playing center. I discredit the management for not having a viable backup center on this roster. That's um, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I, I discredit Dennis Daly. I don't discredit Dennis Daly. I discredit not having a viable offensive line coach to put Dennis Daly as the raw talent that he is and allow him to become better. We like th- these no name guys you can find on the side of the road, John Miller and Michael Jordan, they're not going to get this stuff done. And you're not going to have Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey play like they did in these years behind a line that cannot give him more than two seconds. Miami had a free reign almost every play on Cam and, and, and McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey was getting to the first line of defense. And, it, like, don't – don't let's not kid ourselves. McCaffrey's not Derrick Henry. He's not Saquon Barkley. He's not a guy who's going to get – maybe before these injuries, he could have been a guy that if he got, you know, a little contact in the backfield. I mean, at one point, he was breaking – he had more yards after contact than any running back in the NFL. That's after an ACL injury and a shoulder injury and after all this stuff. He's not the same guy. But even last year and two years ago, like I said, if he had the open hole, he was hitting the open hole. He has that burst of speed to get going and get gone. Well, he can do that better than anybody. But there's there's no hole. There's not even an inkling of a hole. He can't even look to the other side of the field and go, maybe I could cut back. There's nowhere to cut back to. It's just seas of defense all around him. And, like, with Cam, I, it's – I'm not – I don't know, you know – I mean, don't so – I'm stopping with PJ. Like, at this point, PJ is – someone tweeted today. Putting PJ Walker into that point was taking a uh, the disc out of a out of an Xbox or a, uh, you know, Nintendo and, bl- and scratched all to hell and blowing on it, hoping that it's going to fix it. That's not going to fix any part of the situation. You're just praying at that point. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. Like, PJ is – I don't understand what people think about PJ. Like, at this point, we've seen like the, the 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 you know the novelty of his story. I'm sorry, has worn off. Like if if anything, he's a good he's a backup quarterback. There was a time when he was running this offense well. That's that's gone. 
The time that he had with this offense was in the preseason. The coaching staff decided they did not trust it. They didn't ever do anything about it, and they just let it sitting there. So now that's gone. That's I mean, like he's going to come in and he's going to do whatever you think he's going to do. But at this point, like I just you're maybe, right, Jeff. I, I, for maybe me, maybe letting Teddy Bridgewater go was the worst thing we ever did. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it, like it, that's it's not like. I'm not blaming. I'm not putting any 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 success. Like these players that we had, this is the the bear. This is the truth that Panthers fans need to realize. The quarterbacks that we've had the last three four years, the success we've had in our players in the last three four years has been solely in spite of the talent we've had at offensive line. I do not understand what yeah. the front office has against the offensive line position, especially when these are guys that it's like sure. Kevin Donnelly and, you know, some of these other guys might not have been the biggest names, but they were dogs. They were fighters. They would be in the trenches and get the job done. These guys are not fighters. These guys are – and that's – Jeff, when you talk about Panther football, Panther football is giving a shit. It's fighting, clawing back, the cardiac cats, making it respectable when you're down a certain amount. And since Cam went down in the Steelers game, we have not been that team. We haven't. There have been some games – the Eagles game, you know, that was a come-from-behind game. That that was the last time I've watched true Panther football. Because even when we're blowing teams out, Arizona, New Orleans, when we're doing this stuff, yeah, that's awesome, but that's not the essence of the Panthers. That's just being able to play football well. The essence of the Panthers has always been the cardiac cats. It's always been, like, 2015, that's what made that season so great is because we weren't – we were blowing teams out, but when we went down, we were coming back from behind – putting it on and telling you, hey, you overlooked us. We're coming in. That's not what we're doing now. Today, we didn't. We couldn't even get a damn moral victory and score with the last three minutes of the game. We couldn't even get that because P.J. Walker, who is not being – like, he doesn't have that kind of foresight. He's having to run around like Speedy Gonzalez fighting for his life to make sure he doesn't go down. That's the problem right now. And this it's because this in the past we've had guys, Ron Rivera, John Fox – Guys who, yes, may might not have been the brightest at times or made the best decisions at times, but they were not quitters. They were they knew what they had and they rolled with it. I'm sorry, rule to me seems like a quitter. Brady seems like a quitter. It's all well and good to rebuild a college organization or to run an offense when you have a Heisman Trophy winner and an offensive player, a rookie of the year. That's all well and good. But when you can't come in an organization, take the talent that you have. It's not like they're getting the Jets. It's not like they're getting the Jets or the Jags. It's not like that. Like, we have talent. They just can't fit the bill. They're not fighters. They can't fit the bill. I watch them. I see no disdain in the press conferences or on the sideline. That's why, like, tell me how many clips, y'all, we've seen of Brian Burns, Robbie Anderson, Cam Newton yelling on the sidelines, like, pissed off, trying to rally. Tell me one time we've seen a, a video of Matt Rule doing that or Joe Brady doing that. Oh, I mean, he was on the side, but you know what I'm talking. Like, name a time we've seen that in practice, and and like we haven't because it doesn't exist because they don't do it. And I get, you know, a lot of times players aren't really listening to coaches anyway; they're listening to players. But that still has an impact. Like that still hasn't. Tell me, the, tell me the Titans don't get a lot from seeing their head coach run up and down the sideline screaming at their players. Tell me that doesn't have an effect. Or you see Pete Carroll throwing his headset. Like the coaches still have that impact. They still have that presence to show. We there's there's a, a figure above me, an authoritative figure who is either on my level or above me that gives a shit. And I, I just I do not think rule and this organ and this coaching staff does. I think Tepper does. 
I think Tepper and Federer do. They've shown that they care about this organization. I think Rule and Brady came into a spot thinking they could have their way and 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 show and and do their flashy stuff. And then when the when the stuff got hard, they just gave up. They went belly up, and that's my very long rant as to why. And that's just it's just what I've seen, and it's it's the only thing that I can. It's the only thing that I can I can rationalize. For the for the outcome we're seeing in these games, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, like I said, I I, I, I already had my uh, my reservations about the coaching staff. Anyway, I mean, look, I, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move past this current this current regime. I think I've seen. I don't think it. I, I think the, it, you know, giving him a third year is it's like this. You know, what I mean, I I understand it from from financially. You, you you give him a third year, and again, just for his first product on the field, you give him a third year just to see if he can put it together. But again, I've, I said I've said this before. This isn't college where you're bringing in 25 guys a season to fit your to fit your quote unquote program. This is the NFL. You draft you draft five to seven guys a year. You sign some free agents, but again, your team's ever revolving. So here's the thing: if you just if you yourself haven't put together a, a put together a, a, a system a schematics that, that can just work week week in week out no no, no no matter who no matter who's playing it within the system then it's, then it's just not gonna happen I think he could he's losing the locker room week by week because I, I think it's hard to follow a guy like Matt Rule like if I just based off the guy based off the guy that that we see in press conferences I don't I don't he's I don't find we don't, none of us find him to be believable we've all stated that on the show at some point none of us really fought I mean, we don't. Only, I mean, he's not believable as a guy that just talks. And not only that, we don't know what football sense he has that makes him a believable head coach either at this, at this level. And again, I think it's and it shows up each and every week when, when, when you when you get situations like I mean, Washington, you just got outclassed by by Ron Rivera. This game right here, you just got you just got out you got out you got outgunned and you got you got out outgunned man to man and and out coach. So so right now, I just don't. I, I'm just hard finding the silver lining with this group and seeing what what's there to move forward with. Yeah, there, there's a disconnect. You know, when when Matt Rule came in, we were excited. Um, there were he was seen as this 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 you know uprising you know full figure wholesome that's gonna do good and, and you know give his best to rebuild this program. And I'm not saying that he's not, but there like you said, there does seem to be some some disconnect between what he's doing and what what the rest of the team wants and what ownership wants, and um, that's going to be the fastest way to uh, to get fired in this league is to you know, lack of communication and you know really like we said the fear of you know eventually the worst case scenario is that the locker room gets divided from the coaching staff, and I could see a world where this happens. It's it, there's a very easy path to that happening, um, especially after um, some of what we've seen on the sidelines and stuff. Players are frustrated as they rightfully should be uh, at this point in the season, and there's there's a clear path for us to. to um, for this thing to go downhill. And it's a shame because we have a lot of talent out there, a lot of young guys, a lot of young players that we talked about that these are critical moments in their career in terms of development. And when when you're put into a situation where 
you don't know um, you don't know where this thing is going when it comes to an ownership standpoint, head coach. Um, you don't know where the, when they're going to be. And not to mention you're struggling, the team's struggling, and you're not getting put in the best positions to win um, as a team and then individually. And we saw that today for a lot of guys and not the, the rest of the season. So there's there's fear involved when it comes to, um, you know, coaching and, you know, guys running the show. And there's fear for the players not knowing what's next for them and, um, you know, why they're not developing like they thought they would. And so um, getting that scored away is is going to be critical because there is a world where um, this thing goes south and it damages everybody's development, not just the players, but also the coaches. So let me just <laughs> – y'all can roll your eyes here. For the older generation who may listen to us, there was a show back in the day called Leave it to Beaver, and there was a kid called The Beave. Beaver, and he was the main guy. And it was always he would get in trouble, something would go wrong. And it's like, oh, gee, Willie, mom, dad, just this kind of like, and that's Matt Rule. It's like there's no, Jack, you mentioned it. There's no, there's no fire. There's no, listen. Um, and, and I'm sitting here going, like, right now, I have no confidence in this team moving forward. Okay. Let me get on my horse for just a second. You know, the Titans have lost two in a row. The Titans have lost two in a row with, you know, I, I people I don't even know. But you better believe, even though they got beat today pretty good by the Patriots, you knew what you were getting. You know Mike Vrabel is going to put a team out there that's going to go out there and work their asses off and play their asses off for the team. Are they going to make a couple of stupid mistakes here and there? Yes, but you know they're going to go 150%. When you got two guys that rush for 100 and whatever, you know. And, you and get- Jeff, let me let me break in real quick, which is the difference, real quick. Two numbers for you. Titans running with 82 different players this season. Right. Tied for third in NFL history. I think 32 players in IR. Panthers, beginning before today, 81 penalties all season, leading the league. There is like Titans, yeah, they're they are in the dumps because they're running with their C D E F plan. Right. You have no sort of any sort of discipline to keep your guy. I mean, some of those penalties were crap, but like, you know, there's no discipline there. There's absolutely no discipline there. And that's where that's where I get hung up. I mean, you're you're right, Jeff. Matt Rule's a politician. He's a, he will talk. He will say whatever it takes to get you to believe he can get it done. But then he's never going to follow through on it. He expects other people to follow through on it. And if they right. don't get it done, then he displaces the blame. Right. Agreed. And you can't. You just you can't. I don't buy anything he says. I have no. As as a Panther fan and somebody who follows the Panthers, sitting here going, okay, what's going to happen? I have. I, do they win another game this season? I don't I, – with that coaching? No. I, I have – the only identity they have – he keeps talking about identity and finding the purpose from this team. The identity is they are a horribly coached football team, in my That's opinion. That's exactly what it is. It's a horribly – you want the identity of the Panthers? A horribly coached – and David – listen, David Temper, you want to put – you know, Bank of America, and you guys have been there, we're not a very – we're a very wishy-washy fan base. You you don't you don't get your you know what together. Bank of America will be a ghost town. I I, I disagree with that per se. It will not be a ghost town. We're not wishy washy, but there is a there no listen. There is a strong strong percentage of fans that are fair weather fans that will, will come be, in and then if, be. If the but we don't reason, claim them. Listen, listen I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go back on you on that one. The only way there's there that Bank of America would not be a ghost town is because all the other opposing teams would buy their tickets. This is true. Watch, watch him play. I've been there many a times where you're like going, this is like, 
Because no. we, I mean, we have everyone that I mean, look up because look at because here's where I'll say this is where I don't like our fan base at time, and it's not because look as bad as Twitter is, those people at least are passionate. They they oh. care one way or the other. They might not have the best ideas about it. They might not be the smartest, but but they care. They I care. agree. I agree. Tell, in 20, the worst the worst is fan base, and I'll tell you when I hated it was the 2016, 2015, 2016 when the Thurs started showing up, and everyone started rooting for the Thurs in Charlotte, North Carolina, wearing their jerseys on Thursday. And I've seen people who would make fun of me in middle school for wearing my Cam Newton or you know wearing you know my jerseys during the Jimmy Clausen era. Now going to games and spending money to be in the stadium, and you saw the same thing last week in Washington. I saw people coming out the woodworks when Cam came back on social media, on Instagram, which is where you see the least amount of fans. Sure. At least, no, excuse me, let me rephrase. The least amount of, you know, actual passionate fans, as opposed to you see the larger majority of those Fairweather fans and going to the stadium as well. I saw people buying tickets. I was like, you, you didn't, you've never gone. You didn't know who Cam Newton was last time around. Don't give me, like, don't give me that. That's what I would, ex uh, would agree with, Jeff, is that there's a large amount, you saw it in 2016, and that's what's gonna happen again. And if you're Tepper, if this was your business, if this was your business and this is a manager running your business and you saw how badly your staff was being treated, how badly they were, if you saw your numbers going, you, he would be fired in an instant. That man, a, new, a new manager would be in-house the next quarter. And right Absolutely. now, if I'm Tepper, I'm, I'm, I'm flying in Vietnamese, I'm flying in Kellen Moore, I'm flying in literally, uh, every, literally everybody. I'm flying in everybody because I don't think that, honestly for me, I think you give Cam Another, I, I think Cam lasts another year. I am a hopeful Panther fan, and 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 the optimist in me, and the and the, you know the romantic Panther fan in me wants Cam to get another year without this crap storm. I would love to see. The enemy was so on par for coaching with Cam. I would love. I mean, that's a pipe dream, but I would love to see the two of them together and what that could create. But I think uh, realistically, regardless of who's at the coaching spot, I think you give Cam another year because. Like we've said, and Tyler can go off of this, there's no quarterback right now that I want to bring into this offense, into this offense with this offensive line and start right away. And that's also going off of free agents. There's no free agent right now I want to bring in off and 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 and, and susceptible to this offensive line. So I think you you give Ken another year, you spend all of your money. I will go around selling lemonade stands on Providence Plantation and Rain Tree Country Club to get you money to buy an offensive lineman. Please, and that's what you do with your offseason. That's what you focus on. It's either coaching or offensive line. Then next year when the draft comes around, if Cam doesn't fit the bill, he, honest to God, even still keep Cam. I don't think Cam would – I mean, the Cam that I've seen in this time around doesn't seem like the guy who would – like. I think if they would have pulled him for P.J. at any point in the Washington game or any point today, he would have been like, yeah, I made a mistake. That's on me. The next time I get a chance to come back in, I need to try to do better. Like That's what I'm seeing from Cam this time around. Let me stop you right there real quick. And let me just tell you, the one thing I love from Cam was a comment he made and, and during the press conference. I don't know if you guys saw it yet or not, but he literally said, um, just because you have Cam Newton on this team doesn't mean we're going to win. Exactly. We got to go, go do things the right way, which we're not doing right now. And for him to say that is a huge swing from where he was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. For him to say, listen, I'm not the savior here. I'm not, this is not going to He can't be. This is not going to be all candy and roses because you brought me back. We still got to go to work and we still got to do things. So you you got better leadership on the field than you do on the sideline, and and that's it's it's good. Like Tyler said, and Tyler can talk about it again. Like you said a little bit more, when that starts to disintegrate, 
listen, you see people on the side, you see those guys on the sideline, and they are not happy. And those are going to be the ones they're going to get that are going to be looking quick. Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Dante Jackson. Like these are the guys that if you like, they they will split, and then so, and very quickly within a turn of a co- flip of a coin, you have now lost a good percentage of those pieces that you were, you know, banging. Because that's the thing. Rule did this to himself. Let's not act like the coaching staff did not do this to themselves in bringing on their positionless defense and picking up these guys. But now all that's gone to the wayside, and it's just – it seems like everything is, like, digging yourself out of a hole. The man, that's that's why – instead of coming back from, from, you know, a deficit, it's just digging – trying to dig yourself out of a hole and digging yourself a bigger grave in the process. Tyler, I'm interested to see what you think about, you know, just – the, the the immediate future what would save rules job yeah i mean so first off do you guys think he will be fired what do you think will happen i'm curious it, i mean the bills game is not an unwinnable one anymore i mean they did they did they did they downed the saints if the say if we play like they if they played us like they played the saints that's a loss the rest of your schedule is a hard ass schedule hard ass schedule and I think playoff, like the Eagles and the Vikings both gave you a favor this week by dropping the ball, and that still somehow puts you in the rotation. But I don't think the playoffs are are, are doable, and that would have been your saving grace. At this point, I think just staying 500. If you if you end the season below 500, if you lose out this season, I think that's when you're for sure fired. Ending at 500, there'll be some discussions. But if you, if you lose out this year, hmm. I think they're, you're, they're, they're gonna, they're, people are going to be coming for your head. Go, Sean Chase. Yeah, yeah um, eight and nine would be, would be your best bet. That's the best you can do. I mean, we look at the schedule. I mean, you got you, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, coming up next. Buffalo is like you said, Jack, not unwinnable. Two games against the Bucks. Yeah, you. I'm, you got to get you got the Saints again. I mean, there there three there there are three wins here. You gotta figure out which ones, which which ones they are. I mean, do do I think that he'll he'll be he he can actually get fired? A lot, a lot like Jack says, it's, it's all depending on how this how how the season shakes out. How, how think, do you end it? Like if you end it, like I said, if you don't, if you if you lose out and you just team just completely bombs out, you can go ahead and can and everybody needs to go. There, there there's nothing there's nothing to, there's nothing left to see. If they can rectify some of this and get and get the eight wins, then maybe. There's always a chance. I think he'll he'll he'll, he'll at least earn a third year, you know. But I mean, again, there's there, there's a question: Does Rule even want to stay at this level? It, it will probably be will probably be the other thing I would ask. I think that's the more likely option. So I think you know I think that um, they have a bye this week, correct? Yep. So yep. you got two you got two weeks, and then you play Buffalo, right? Yep. No, no, Atlanta, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta first, then Buffalo, and it's at. At Bank of America, right? Yes, at Bank of America. Okay, yeah. you got a two week buy. Get everybody healthy. Get everybody on the same page. Get Cam up and running. You don't win that game, I, Tyler. I fire him. I fire him right then and there. I, you're not even. I'm, I'm cleaning out his office, and you're going home, and we'll figure out. Because here's the gist: that roster is too good, and this fan base loves a majority. It loves Cam, um, and, and what's going down, and you just sweep it on the rug as a bad hire, and you move on. But I just. As a businessman, you you, I mean, you took a chance on three college coaches that, like you said, we're a year and a half, or you'll be two years in, or whatever. No, bye. I, I, I just I don't I don't see it. And to me, if you can't get ready for Atlanta and beat a team that's not very good, 
with Cam and getting healthy and getting – no. I, I'd, I'd fire him that night. I'd clean out his office and lock the doors. That's yeah, just me. I mean, I mean, me personally, if David Tepper wasn't our owner, I would say there's a 0% chance that he gets fired this year. But knowing Tepper and knowing his – um, lack of patience and what, like readiness to win now and how he wants things now. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Of course, we got to see how things go. Um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff that we don't know about as, as fans from where we are and a lot of stuff that we have no idea that they will um, internally. So that stuff is going to matter, like um, like we talked about, the, with the locker room and, um, you know, the re- relationships between players and coaches. But, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised if Tepper says, Hey, we got a young, talented roster. We got a GM that's pretty competent, and um, we we see you know one of the weakest links, and he's not producing. So let's get a new coaching regime in here and try to maximize what we got now. And so, um, and what nobody thinks about, I'll, I'll bring it up too real quick. Sorry, I hope you didn't cut you off there. Is that you got to remember that David Tepper, um, you know, we're talking about somebody who was born in Pittsburgh. <laughs> who had part ownership, a very small ownership in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're, you're right. I mean, if it's anybody else, probably not. But, David, if you have any Steeler blood in you or any – you know what I'm getting at. This is not acceptable. As somebody who had part ownership in the Steelers, and now all of a sudden you got this going down, no, uh-uh. You know, your identity was at the beginning of the year was defense and go after it and hit people and go play ball and stuff like that. But I agree with you. Anybody else other than David Tepper, maybe – but to me, I say if he goes out and loses to Atlanta, people will be ready to burn the city down and will want him gone. Well, see, yeah. and because that's like, that's it'd just be another season of a late, another late season loss to Atlanta is something I, I just, I, is going to wound me to my core. And you talk about it, uh, Tyler. I mean, anybody but Tepper. I mean, three, four weeks ago, before this cam, this cam signing, I would have argued the, the opposite, saying that, you know, they're, He's, he's not – remember, that's what we talked about, not swallowing your pride, not owning up to your mistakes, you know, trying to fight with the, with the cards you had dealt. But that move to, 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 to go back to Cam, whether you want to say it was, you know, the best logical decision to do as a business standpoint, uh, from a playing standpoint, or just – I mean, you, there was clearly a modicum of, you know, of humility to it and going, we made a mistake – or I know we did this to you. Not even we made a mistake, but I know we did this to you. Can you please, like, we need you now. Can you please come back? That, because you think, remember, like, Tepper, he gave this guy a lot of money. He's put a lot of assets in his seven years. Unheard of from a coaching deal right out the gate. Unheard of. So if, if, if Tepper continued to be that prideful kind of guy, I, don't, I think it would have taken a lot, a, a major snafu to fire him. Now, I think Tepper might be going, look it. And he's, he's also a businessman in the other sense. He knows where the branding lies. He knows what makes the money. No one's coming to Bank of America to see Matt Rule coach. That's not happening. You're coming to see McCaffrey, Cam, Rabbi Anderson, these guys. So if it comes down to making one happy, one party happier than the other or working towards one party's you know, benefit, he's going to go with the party that makes him the money and the party that's going to make him money in the future. So that is where I think you see. But I think Jeff is correct. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be more surprised if it's instead of a firing, it's more of a mutual parting of ways as as, Tep, as Rule realizes this is not for him. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame with realizing that, hey, this isn't the level where I'm going to succeed the most. Maybe I need to take a step back. There are, op- there are options in college ball. 
where I can go and benefit someone. I can't benefit this area, so let me go benefit. There's no shame in that whatsoever. And I think Rule is is a guy that would do that, you know, under the guise if it's the best decision for him. It's not the best decision for the team. But, you know, I just – it's just – it's going to suck. It's going to be a blip, you know, in the organization's history for, you know, forever. That's going to be in the record books. This was the guy that – I just – but Jeff's right. We have – not that there's a time clock, but it's just – it's just it's just wasted time like you wasting time and wasting talent and it's gonna get like it's gonna get to that point where like yeah Rivera took a little I mean we had some of those guys a little bit more than and we probably held on to Fox a little bit longer than we should have and maybe had we got Fox out of the door you know things might have there might have been you know a bit more time for these players in their careers but you can argue those all the time but if the longer we you know we 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 hold on to rule I think you'll probably like I said just historically and business and financially Shanti's is right. He'll probably get that third year. Um, but I think it becomes a thing where, like with Rivera, you know, year four, I, I think it's going to mirror that. Rivera, year four, you're, you know, you're, what was it? Uh, one and three to start. And if you didn't start winning games, you were out the door. And then they go on the, you know, he goes on the 12 game winning streak after that. And I think it's going to be the other kind of where you, by game four, if we're sitting at one and three, yeah, I, unfortunately, it would be a, I think it would be a midseason firing, which I hate altogether anyway, in whether it's college or NFL, because that just throws. But Jeff talked about it a few weeks back, you know, with all this quarterback situation. I think you're going to bring another aspect of the Browns, you know, anarchy. That is, you're going to start hit, – you're already hitting this quarterback list of, you know, of, of, of fill-in guys in this rotating door. You're going to start getting to the point where it's like Kevin Stefanczyk, you know, and, and, and Brian Flores. You're going to get this year-in and year-out coaching staff, and that is not good – for an organization, especially in a small market already. Like Cleveland is a historic team, a historic area. They can survive through that. It's not that Charlotte wouldn't survive through it, but that would be a big that, – that, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people in this area when everything else is kind of going up around. And I think – like, look at it with like, – like, like, look at – I mean, look, look at the difference in – and I keep going to this bag, and it's different because it's basketball. But look at the difference in, in, in the Hornets – in the last few years, you go with a guy instead of going with some guy, that, some you know unexperienced guy. They go with James Borrego, who was coaching a line alongside Pop for years. Had that you know, and then you pair that with a competent GM to get them Kelly Oubre, to get them Gordon Hayward, and now they just won seven of the last eight. Unfortunately, they lost to the Rockets last night, but we're not going to talk about that. But like, it's hard. It's going to be even harder for Panthers fans to sit there and watch, you know, some of the Panthers fans that you know just watch a team in their city. Do well with competent coaching and young talent and excite. I mean, Spectrum Center is filled every night now, yeah. and and then that's gonna that's gonna be a tough pill to swallow. Let me jump in there real quick, Tyler and uh, Shantice and Jack. It's scary you said it because as you were just bringing up, it was in my mind of you know James Brago. You know what that team's about. You know exactly who the Hornets are, and you know what you're getting into when you take the floor to play the Charlotte Hornets. And I mean, it, the city is kind of alive about it they're they're fired up about it um you know so you're exactly right i can't believe you actually talked about him because i was literally going look at what james rago's doing i mean he's he's brought an identity to the charlotte hornets and to this city in terms of basketball that people are excited about and you know you're filling the spectrum spectrum center listen to me the nba is not the best product all the time you know anyway unless you're one of the upper echelon teams i guess or whatever but god bless him and and and, and the panthers got to figure that one out yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jack, jumping back to a point you made 
about kind of our the quarterback landscape too, as we know that's one of the, you know the higher points in, in, in the football team. Um, you know, after these past couple of weeks and after the Darnold injury, we're kind of at the point where now, you know, I think we we could almost agree that we think Darnold's done in Carolina. Um, oh yeah. You know, Cam is after his contracts up that after the season. PJ is not the answer. This draft class coming up is not great in the quarterback market, and we're not going to be picking um, as a top three pick. So I think we know that uh, the quarterback options are thin, and, and you know finding one in free agency is just you know just you know very rare and not not very probable of doing finding a capable starter there. Um, so. We're kind of in like no man's land when we're looking at our quarterback for the for the future and quarterback for the next year. And so by the time that we make that decision, whenever it comes and, and wherever we, we get that quarterback from, we need to have a head coach tied with him that um, is gonna get the most out of him because we, we no matter who we have um, from top to bottom in the organization, we can't afford to waste another quarterback. Uh, we, we we've gone in and out um, on all these guys, and I think you know, it comes to the point where you got to know that your head coach has got has got this quarterback. He's all in on him, and he's gonna he's gonna make it work. So, um, where how we get our next quarterback is gonna be something that we talk about all offseason, I'm sure. And um, you know, really, the best hope now is that we we get Cam to play well the rest of the year, um, have some sort of hope with him, and then re-sign him for another year while we kind of figure the rest out. But um, with a rough quarterback class coming in um, as of right now, you know you know, it, the options are thin and the future um, at the quarterback spot is, uh, it, it's, it's a scary place to be with, with a lot of uncertainty with the team. Well, real quick, Sean Tyson, I'll let you, I'll let you finish yeah. out with the final thought. I just want to go off. Like, let me preface this. Obviously Rome was not built in a day that did not happen. But what I don't want to get lost in all of this quarterback and coaching controversy is again, what I'm going to preach till I'm blue in the face, the importance of the offensive line. We see it time in and time out. Look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. You have it, someone they were marking as one, you know, the second coming of Christ, and he can't get a pass off because he's down two starting offensive linemen and the depth is not there. Look at, and on the flip side, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. I mean, some, Dak, no one expected Dak Prescott a few years back to be the way he was, and no one thought Carson Wentz was going to come back and or Jonathan Taylor was going to come and have the season they're having. But look at those offensive lines on the Colts and the Cowboys. Running with just one or two of the guys that made them, you know, the anchors that they are, they're successful. You look at, I mean, it's gotten to the point where you could put anybody back there. Andy Dalton, whoever the Jets were running with, they could complete passes. It doesn't, as long as they have the time and protection to do so. Titans can put any running back back there. Foreman, whatever that number 40 dude was who had a 60 yard. Hilliard. Hilliard. If there's a hole open, the running back's going to hit it. That's the thing that pisses me off is that we've gotten these weapons. You've gotten it, but that. I just don't want that to get lost in the wayside because you can do all this stuff, Tyler, and you can do all this stuff, and it's not going to make a modicum of a difference if we're still throwing out freaking Uncle Pat and 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 Cam Irving. Like it's not going to make an inch of a difference in the in the in the in the overarching aspect. Like you're going to get to a point, the wall is going to get hit somewhere. If you don't have a wall blocking for you, you are going to hit a wall somewhere in the success. We saw it in 2015. We saw where our ceiling lied once we hit a. At an above average defensive line and rushing attack. You see it in every aspect. You see it in the Chiefs, again, against the Bucks. You play a good defense, you don't have an average to, I mean, it's like, or even just an offensive line with a chemistry, and you're going to hit a wall. And that's also an overarching point for this team altogether. I don't, honestly, to God, 
I mean, I think we're getting out coached, but the grand scheme of things, we're getting out, out chemistry, out, is that out, out gelled by teams that do have that coaching chemistry with their players. That's the, another thing. And so that's just my two cents that are the same two cents. The entirety of every time I give my two cents is coach. And now the cornerbacks at least fallen off of that list, but Shanti, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you wrap it up. Man, for anybody listening, anybody watching these games week in and week out, uh, right now, just be happy the bye week is here. Hope that this coaching staff can put together a game plan that will be good enough for us to beat the Atlanta Falcons and just hope that they can try to turn this thing around. The bye week could not have come at a better time, at a, at a time now when you're kind of spiraling out of control as a, as a team from top to bottom. May just, may just be the right time for this bye week to come, and hopefully there's still – like. I mean, think about this. Still, how many games we have left in the season? Five. Five. Five games six. left in the season. Yeah, five, five or six. There's still another time. There's still a month left in the season to where, I mean, anybody coaching for their jobs, anybody playing for their jobs, there's still a lot to be uh, – uh, there's still a lot to do. And, and so hopefully coming out of this bye week, we can come out on the positive, man. That's, that's, that's all I can really think of right now. You keep praying, you keep believing, and above all else, you keep pounding.